Hello and welcome to another edition of Fides Podcast. My name is Jerry Serino and I'm your host and I'm here with talent on loan from Rush. So speaking of Rush, Rush Limbaugh got my attention um, specifically from my guest today who is doing some really great work. And we'll talk about the connection with Rush and Limbaugh here in a second. But my guest is Bethany Mandel. And Bethany is an editor at Heroes of Liberty. Uh, she's a contributing writer at Deseret. And she's doing some really great things with some books that all of us can enjoy. Uh, Bethany, thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me. So uh, you are part of Heroes of Liberty, and that's where the connection with what I saw with Rush Limbaugh. You uh, grace, gracefully and sent me uh, the book. Uh, I'm a huge Rush Limbaugh fan, as as people who listen uh, are, are hopefully aware. Uh, but I, when I saw this book and I went to the website and I saw Thomas Sowell, Ronald Reagan, Amy Coney Barrett, all these great people, I was like, oh, man, I got to find this. And then uh, obviously we connected. So tell me about Heroes of Liberty, um, what it's all about, what people can expect um, when they go to this site and hopefully get some of these books. Yeah, absolutely. So they are illustrated children's books, good for ages like six to 12, but there's a little bit of wiggle room on either end. And they're just biographical stories about, you know, some of these greats that, you know, modern publishers are not writing about. Uh, they're not, they're, they've got 37 different versions of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but none about Amy Coney Barrett, certainly not about Rush Limbaugh. Um, so we decided, you know, we saw the marketplace, we saw that, you know, there were so many woke children's books out there. And if you go into any library or bookstore, you, you see that right in front of your face. It's, it's very skewed in one direction. And so we decided, you know, there are millions of American parents who want to see something alternative. And so we decided to fill that void. And uh, we started in November of last year. We already have thousands of subscribers. So once a month, we put out a new book. And we send them right to our subscribers' doors. And folks can, you know, in July get Mark Twain. Uh, past books have been Margaret Thatcher, uh, Amy Coney Barrett, Rush Limbaugh, Thomas Sowell, uh, Rush Limbaugh, Alexander Hamilton, um, and so John Wayne was another one. And so every single month, people get a new book on their book on their doorstep to go on their bookshelf and, and build a collection and sort of counter the stuff that their kids are reading uh, in schools and hearing in schools and sort of your way to take back your child's heart and mind at, at bedtime. Yeah. So how, how obviously I love all these, these individuals that you guys take, cause I've gone to the, the bookstore and, you know, you go to those children's books on who is so-and-so, you know, there's some really great ones. Who was Jackie Robinson and so on. Che Guevara. Yeah. 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 Then you see those, you see a million on, you know, who is Hillary Clinton and in the like. And so we, we now have an option here to, to give to our kids. Uh, how did you guys come up specifically with who to do the books on? So that's a tricky thing for us to, you know, because we're doing one a month. And so we kind of have to plan months in advance. And, you know, future ones are going to be about Elon Musk, uh, Harriet Tubman. And so it, it's, a, it's a combination of things. Um, for Ronald Reagan, it was really just the personality, Ronald Reagan. Like we really wanted kids to know who Ronald Reagan was pretty, pretty much the same with someone like Margaret Thatcher, or Alexander Hamilton. Um, but with folks like John Wayne and Rush Limbaugh and Amy Coney Barrett, especially um, we, we thought of 
a societal, societal message that children were getting, and then someone who could personify the opposition to that message. And so um, for John Wayne, it was sort of, you know, boys are being taught that masculinity is toxic. So who could we kind of introduce them to, to learn that masculinity is not toxic? Uh, with Amy Coney Barrett, girls are not hearing about the importance of motherhood. And so we wanted to highlight her as a justice and a mother. And for Rush Limbaugh, we were sort of thinking, you know, kids are told that they should push down every instinct, uh, every truth that they know and it, that it is very evident and uh, sort of suppress all of their desire to speak freely, even when it might offend, um, because, um, because it might offend. And so we, we wanted to sort of highlight someone who said, I'm not going to be quiet. I'm not going to stop speaking truth, even if you don't like it. And um, we try not to, as much as possible, uh, highlight sort of current political figures. And and so we kind of thought, like, who better than Rush on that front? Like, he triggered them day after day after day. But he also sent a message that you can't bully people into silence. And they bullied him right up until the end. I mean, you remember what they did to him at, at the end and so how they eulogized him. And so we kind of, we wanted to recapture the way that they eulogized him and, and teach a generation of kids about him in a more fair and balanced way. Um, but also the kind of what he represented and and what he embodied was this speaking truth to power um, that we need so desperately now and is disappearing by the day. Yeah. And so, so some, a question I had about these, all these books and and what you're trying to do, which is so fantastic is, is, do you think that could there be a better time for it than now? I mean, it's, there, there's, it's not as though there would have been a bad time to right. have these books, of course, but that's pretty good think, timing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it seems like, you know, the, the, the constraints on, and attacks on freedom of speech yeah. uh, on, as you said, on masculinity, uh, on, on women, you know, the lies that are told, do you think that this is almost like, almost like it's, it's perfect timing. Yeah, it really is. So we started thinking up Heroes of Liberty over a year ago now. And, you know, it, it took us obviously months to get to print. So we didn't get to print until November time. Um, but every month we kind of, we look at our book of the month and we think, well, this is going to be sadly easy to market. It's very easy to market these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because there's a huge hole, which is why we started it in the first place. Yeah. I, uh, I I just love love this because um, n- what a lot of people, if they just sort of listen to society or they go to the public school, you know, I know I, I went into my high school kids, they go to public school and we go in and there's a, a wall of women in the history class or whatever. And there wasn't a single conservative woman yeah. on this board, right? And Okay, fine. You want to say that this person, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, sure. Okay, I get it. I mean, I don't agree with anything with her, but I get it. Yeah. Where are the conservative women? Where are the conservative, you know, men and stuff? And so people are just brought up thinking Rush Limbaugh was a racist. And I've had people tell me that. And I say, I've listened to him for over 20 years. Never heard a racist word. And so these are bringing uh, truth. So one other aspect, when I got the book, 
I looked at it and it is beautiful. It's a Thank really, you. it's a really nice put together. You're thinking, is this really a kid's book? But it is really nice. The illustration is great. And then when I went to your website, you talked about on the website, they talked about the illustrations, the the artwork that's done. And you guys, you know, put a special effort into that. Can you talk about yeah. that for a second? Yeah. So, um, you know, right from the start, we kind of, we talked about what is most important in a children's book and the writing is obviously very important. And, and, you know, we focus on that a lot, but, um, having, you know, five children, I know that their eyes are really drawn to the illustrations and they're hearing me, but they're really looking at the art. And so that was not something we really wanted to skimp on and we didn't skimp on. And in the beginning, when we were first looking for illustrators for our first couple books, um, when we told American illustrators, you know, we're going to we're going to illustrate Rush Limbaugh and uh, Amy Coney Barrett and Thomas Sowell and Ronald Reagan, the American illustrators were like, ooh, I'm I'm a little bit nervous. And we actually didn't tell them Rush Limbaugh because that experience sort of led us to think about Rush Limbaugh as as one of our characters. Um, because they were so scared of the mob. They were so scared of getting canceled by their illustrator community that we had to go abroad. We had to get illustrators from around the world because American illustrators were too scared. And um, and now we have American illustrators and they're wonderful. But right in the very beginning, it was hard for us, even paying good money to find American illustrators who would, who would do our, our art. And, you know, these are not super controversial people. <laughs> Amy Coney right. Barrett. She's from court justice, you yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, what, what's to not be, what's there not to be proud of with her? I mean, it, it's of course the left doesn't like her, uh, but, uh, but, but she's, she's really an inspirational person because as you said, we are told society is telling us that first of all, women can't have kids and yeah. be successful in their lives. And, and, and what about you, Bethany? I mean, you're an editor, you're a writer, you're a podcaster, you're doing all sorts of things and you're a mom as well. Right. And, yeah. you know, but here you have someone who's a Supreme court justice yep. and she's got kids and, and she can do it. Yeah. Yeah. It really, it, it, it turns their, their, proclamations that having a child will end a woman's life. I mean, that's the argument behind abortion, that right. it's just a life ending, life altering crucifix that you have to carry for the rest of your life. And it's not, it's a joyful sort of piece of life. And Amy Coney Barrett until Margaret Thatcher came out was my daughter's favorite book. And she said, it's because she, she's, first of all, it has a big, she has a big family, which you don't read about in children's literature anymore. And second, that when we were reading books about people that she had, women that she admired, she would always ask about if they had kids and it was never mentioned in the books. And so I would have to sort of go and Google, like, did this person have kids? Because the books never thought it was worth mentioning. And that's really sad. I mean, this is a children's book. Children are worth mentioning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, and again, going back to the, the artwork, but even the, you know, when I get, uh, when I've gotten paperback books in the past, you know, they get all ripped up and wrinkled and you kind of just toss them on the shelf and lose them. This is a type of book for a kid that you'll want to keep, you yeah. know, it's really, really nice. The out, the outside cover is really beautiful. Uh, so something that you want to have and you want to read with your kids or have them read if they're, you know, able to read at this level, but even just reading with them is really great. So I wanted to ask you if there were any, it was anything that you learned 
about these particular people that you did these books on that you didn't know prior to doing the research? Was there anything that sticks out as going, wow, I, I didn't know that about this person? Yeah. So I think the most interesting answer to that question, there was a lot of the, I, there's a lot of sort of anecdotes, but I think the most interesting um, was I read the Ron Chernow book about Alexander Hamilton, which is like a thousand pages or something yeah. crazy. And what I found most interesting um, and it's sort of what I found most interesting, I'll answer that question first, is that the entrance requirements for him to get into Princeton are not even the graduation requirements for a master's degree from a program like Princeton anymore. Our standards have slipped so drastically since he was in school um, that it's it's really unrecognizable. And there's a lot of, you know, sort of animating ideas behind what we're doing. And if Rush Limbaugh is actually not a great example because the writing isn't as sort of highbrow as some of our other books. Um, but our, our books don't pull punches on vocabulary. Um, we don't hold back. Um, we don't try to talk down to a child. We talk to a child, not down. And a lot of that is because we are of the belief that along with the wokeization of education, it's also just deteriorated to such a degree that it's deeply unfair to children and to their education. And so we didn't want to be part of that problem. We wanted to sort of write books that were challenging and um, that were meaty and that, uh, that challenged kids and still educating them not too dense. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not writing, you know, Peter Pan, for example, mm. is extremely dense and sometimes hard to get through. Um, but we didn't want to write it the way that children's books are being written now. Um, we wanted to really provide um, something different in a lot of ways. No, that's great. And so were, were you going to also add something that you've learned that you didn't have? You, you was yeah, I mean, there there was a lot of sort of little anecdotes. Like I lost, I loved the Rush Limbaugh anecdote about the bake sale. I thought that was a hilarious. Yeah. I, I love those like little stories that we throw yeah. in there also. Um, but that was one of the best ones that we that we found to sort of throw in there for color for the for the book. Yeah. We focus on the origin stories. A lot of these people, um, it's about half the book of every single character is about their childhood because we want kids to be able to see themselves in this person and picture themselves growing up into one of these heroes. And so, you know, for a lot of these folks, for Ronald Reagan, for John Wayne, um, for Margaret Thatcher, I really learned something because you kind of, you know, more about their, their adult lives and their accomplishments, but it's really interesting to read about where they come from. Thomas Sowell is probably the most fascinating on that front yeah he he's an inspiration to me i i i think he's an underrated individual intellectual in um our society today he is a brilliant person he's our best-selling book really wow i find that surprising well you know what's interesting is that that conservatives obviously are going to be the ones are going to be drawn to these conservatives know him well if you're not conservative or you're young, you probably don't know him. Yeah. So he's, he's really, which is why we did the people. book. We, we, we thought that we would like be introducing people and that that wasn't the case. We were sort of writing a book for an audience that already existed and people wanted to tell their kids about Thomas Sowell. Yeah. Yes. He, he is fantastic. Uh, that's great. Um, okay. So what I always like to do on, um, on my show and what we'll, we'll actually, I'll pull up uh, before we end here, I'll pull up the website. Uh, I'm actually going to put up here 
the the website on the bottom nice. here. So if you're watching, everyone can see it and go to heroesofliberty.com. It's super easy. You can see all the different books and you could uh, sign up uh, to get these books. As you, you said, monthly, you said there's a new one every month. There's a subscription plan. And also folks wanted to check us out at Barnes and Noble. We just landed on shops there too. So, okay, perfect. Yeah. So um, yeah, please check it out and get, get these. If you're looking for good gift ideas for kids, uh, these are really perfect. Uh, but I always like to ask about you personally and, and whatever you're willing and able to share about yourself. I'm always interested in, you know, you talk about the the people you wrote about, Ronald Reagan, Amy Coney Barrett, all these people about their backgrounds and how they got started. You know, tell me how you got started in um, in this movement. I know, again, you're a writer. You've done yeah. podcasts. You're, I think you're still doing the, Are you still doing the Lady Brains podcast? I'm not. So it was a group of us girlfriends. And it when we all had too many babies, it just became, yeah. <laughs> it became too much to coordinate all of our schedules across every single American time zone. Yes, I get it. I've had I had Alicia Krauss on um, probably a year or so ago, and all I see on on social media with her is she's got a kid in hand and kid, yep. and, and so I get it. I totally understand. Uh, but but tell me about your your start. You know, yeah. you know what was your upbringing? You know what got you to be, I guess, politically involved. Yeah. So I grew up um, in a very liberal house. It was just me and my mom growing up, and she was a like. Green Party voter, Ralph Nader, always uh, very shout your abortion kind of kind of woman. And so really could not be more different than her. Um, I, but I was always interested in politics. And so when I was in high school, um, we had a, a model debate club and I represented my favorite presidential candidate, um, Howard Dean. It was very disappointing when he did the scream. I thought that was very unfair. <laughs> that knocked him out of contention. Yeah, it really that's, was. That's it was a, world it was a famous. job. It was a hit job. It was so unfair. So, uh, so I was always interested in politics. And then I sort of veered, my mom passed away when I was 16 and I kind of veered rightward um, on every single particular issue. And so um, on my mom's death, uh, upon my mother's death, um, my, most of my inheritance that, um, that came via like social security and like more of more government programs, uh, was stolen by a relative. And so I, I became very anti sort of these government programs because, um, no one in the social security office would help me or could help me because they were all idiot bureaucrats. Um, and the only part of my inheritance, which was very small that was kept safe was the private part. And so I said like, if my mother had been able to just contribute to a private retirement fund instead of this forced fund, it would have all been safe. Um, so that sort of made me more conservative on big government and bureaucracy. And um, I was in a science class in college and I learned for the first time about fetal development. And um, this was long before I had kids. And at that point I was extremely pro-choice uh, given my upbringing with my mom. And then I sort of was like, oh, that's not a clump of really human human-like sort of on the pro-life side of the aisle. Um, but there was like a lot of these sort of pinpoint moments that sort of pushed me rightward. And then uh, I realized sort of midway through college, I became friends with all of the conservative folks because they were more fun <laughs> and they were more open-minded. And uh, actually James O'Keefe was one of my friends. And I realized being friends with all these conservative folks that everything that I had come to believe on individual issues actually had a name and had an, a, an identity. 
term if it was Republican, but but I hate black people yet. (laughs) I didn't quite understand that you could be all of those things, but not a horribly racist, terrible person. And that that understanding sort of was the the hardest for me to come to that everything that I had grown up to believe about what conservatives and Republicans believe wasn't the facts. It wasn't, you know, the reality and that you can believe in small government. You can believe in the sanctity of life and all these things and not be a raging racist, um, which is, you know, the message that was poured down my throat, Uh, not just, you know, at home, but also in school and in college and all these things. Um, so, so I started sort of in the movement accidentally because I was, I wanted to work in sort of Jewish communal life, uh, but I was too outspoken about my politics and I didn't realize that you can't be too outspoken about your politics when you're on one side of the aisle. And so I started looking for jobs in the conservative political movement. Um, and I realized like I love politics and I should just work in politics. And so it was sort of trying to find my footholds and, you know, meeting one person and that led to another. And that's sort of how I became a professional conservative sort of by accident. Yeah, that's that's really a great story. And and uh, I, I what I was thinking of as you were telling me this and how you felt like, hey, I was lied to, or you know, conservatives aren't racist. They don't, you know, they don't hate poor people and sick people. They don't want to, you know, right throw grandma over the cliff. Why do you think that all of those things were poured down your throat when they weren't true? So I think um, I think it's a lot of it's a lot easier to paint your political opponents as bad instead of just thinking different things. I think that it's easier for for conservatives to see the other side of the aisle as more human and humane because um, we're always kind of the minority in a lot of ways in school settings in the media. We, we, we are very exposed to the other side, but the, it's rare that um, an honest view of the opposition is presented to liberals. They live really very enclosed in a bubble. And I'm, I'm saying that as someone who used to be liberal, I, I can attest. <laughs> I, I thought Rush Limbaugh was a horribly racist, terrible person. And even after becoming conservative, I was still deeply uncomfortable with him because he was just so terrible and icky. And, um, I was at CPAC one year and uh, he was giving the keynote and I was like, I can't, I do not want to listen to Rush Limbaugh. It's disgusting. I can't believe they're having this man. And my boyfriend at the time was like, let's just go in and sit down. I'm like, oh, fine. But I, I, I object strenuously and I'm under duress listening to Rush Limbaugh. And we sat down and we listened to his speech and he was done. And I looked at my, my boyfriend and I was like, that was Rush Limbaugh. And he was like, mm, yeah, yeah, that was. And I was like, huh, I feel like I have to go back to the drawing board a little bit. And he was like, yeah, you might. Yeah, you might. Yeah, that's it is so true. And now you think, you know, the good thing about what you did is you you opened your mind to the truth. You obviously weren't prideful, stubborn, because I, I mean, think that, I was. <laughs> well, well, but you, you also- were. But you were I mean, all, sitting, you were enough. Yeah, you were yeah. you were at CPAC, so yeah, so you, yeah. you were I mean, open enough. Yeah, I mean, I I I did not go to his speech willingly, but I'm glad I was dragged. And and I think that it's I've heard a lot of people say it's it, the left is undereducated on these things, and yes. and they're they're told false things, and they're made to believe because it, you know in a college campus, it's like you were said, he's 
I mean, he's racist. What do, what do you mean? But but if you ask him, and I've asked people, I said, well, well what's what something he did? What did he say? Racist. I've listened to him for 20, over 20 years. Can you tell me what he's ever said? Did he say every single thing perfectly? No. If you're on the radio for that many hours, I mean, I'm saying this as someone who has been tweeting for 10 years and has done so much media over the years. Has everything I've ever said come out perfectly? No. You, it's just impossible. And I think that you have to, you have to admit that sometimes things don't come out right. And that's that, you know, that that's not representative of the whole person. Um, so I, I think that it's a lot easier to cherry pick four comments made over the course of a career that spanned decades, than actually grapple with his core beliefs and his core uh, sort of principles and his yep. guiding light. And overall, he was an incredibly inspiring guy who, and this was sort of the, the point of our book, that you know, whether you liked him or not, he shaped national conversation left, right, up and down. Yeah. You just couldn't deny it. Right, right. And and yeah, things are when you're when you're speaking all the time, you also can be taken out of context. 100%. Which, which is absolutely the case. As you said, it happens to everybody. It's very easy when you have that much audio to pull. Absolutely. And and you do as a natural thing is is I did at the beginning of this podcast, I stumbled and I had to restart, right? You're yeah, but you can't restart on on live radio. <laughs> on live or if you're a politician, you know, I yeah. I don't, you know, we, we have to be we have to give that um, sort of a little bit of leeway to politicians who are the speaking scream. all the time. The scream was well, so scre- unfair. <laughs> yeah, the scream was unfair. And, and, you know, but we also have now Joe Biden who who can't put out a coherent sentence. Yeah, that's ever. a pattern. That's yeah. a pattern. There's a difference between someone stumbling and say or saying the wrong city they're in, which is I was I'm like, gosh, that would happen to me every other day. Yeah. If I, were, I don't even if remember I were, all my kids names all the time. Yeah, yeah exactly. So um, but obviously with Joe Biden, it's a it's a whole different story. It's, yeah. it's not it's not that at all. So. Uh, so, okay. So that really great story. Really interesting. I'm glad I asked you about that. So before, as I promised before, uh, before we go, I want to share my screen real quick with those that are watching uh, just so they can see the website. So they have a degree of familiarity with it when they go to it. So again, heroesofliberty.com. Uh, you can go again real quick here, buy three, get one free, uh, free shipping. They have a list of all the books uh, that are out so far and some really great stuff. Um, please, please check it out. I would highly suggest that you do. And uh, I'm excited to get uh, my next book after you sent me the Rush Limbaugh one, which I greatly appreciate it. And um, I'm actually going to go go read it to my my seven year old who needs to who needs to get better at reading. He he's not going to be able to read it. I'll have to read it to him. But the older kids can read it. They're they're great. So. I have a seven-year-old son as well, actually. And um, these books are actually great because it's not just a whole line of text and it doesn't feel as overwhelming to him having the illustrations there. And he actually really likes just not just our books, but these style books as well are really great for that age crowd. Well, Bethany Mandel, thank you so much. I'm glad we thank were you. able to uh, uh, finally nail this down after a few tries. Uh, families can get in the way for both of us and and that certainly happened, but uh, I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah. And thank you so much for you and and please bring this to all those that are involved in these books. Uh, you guys are doing great, great work. Uh, please keep it up. 
Um, and who knows, maybe one day they'll make a book about me. Um, I'll have to be really, really old and I'm sure, uh, but one can hope, I guess. So <laughs> Bethany Mandel, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. And thank all of you for listening to this episode of Feed Ace Podcast with Bethany Mandel. Please check out heroesofliberty.com and uh, please check out all my different podcasts and all the different podcast apps on YouTube, on Rumble, and on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on rightamericamedia.com. So thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.